0: Well, it's a busy weekend for UNC Sports, led, of course, by Carolina basketball. Tar Heel men in action tomorrow, but that is bookended by a couple of women's games. We already had one game already in the books yesterday. UNC upset on the road at Boston College, 78-74, to looking to rebound on uh, Sunday in their final regular season game of the season before the ACC tournament. Going to be a big one with Duke in Carmichael Arena. <laughs> And UNC Women's Basketball is where we will begin with this week's round of Stroman on Sports. Joined on the phone by Dr. Debbie Stroman, who is herself a former women's basketball star, coach, and expert on all things athletics. Dr. Stroman, good afternoon. How are you?
1: Good afternoon. All is well. I like the rain, but I also want sunshine since we got that tease with that warm weather. <laughs> but I'm hanging in here.
0: How about clouds with warm weather? We got that this weekend. Ah,
1: that's good. That will work.
0: <laughs> so Tar Heel women's basketball, one game left in the regular season. You got the ACC tournament just around the corner, hopefully the NCAA tournament after that. Uh, thoughts about last night's game against BC? A tough loss, but senior night for for Boston College, as uh, Coach Banghart said after the game, it's kind of hard to beat a team on senior night.
1: She's absolutely correct. And when you think about the ACC men's or women's, the competition is just so stiff. And right now the ACC women, uh, it's looking like we'll get seven, maybe even eight teams in. Uh, But Carolina's got to do something. I think right now the team is bleeding. Uh, We're having some difficulty shooting, uh, disappointing with the 36% from the floor, 19% from the uh, three-point line. Uh, We've got to do something to change this. And I know – Uh, had some major injuries with a lot of players, but the stars, the major players are still there. I'm hopeful that uh, Banghart can do something uh, to get a big win. There's no way we can lose to Duke. We just can't do that. (laughs) But uh, I'm staying hopeful, but something has to change.
0: Who do you think has to to step up more, not just uh, this weekend, but then as you look ahead to the ACC tournament with some big games coming up?
1: Have to figure out the distribution of the ball. Mm. Uh, Deja Kelly has gone from playing number one, number two, and sometimes a little three. Uh, when she handles the ball, uh, we've had some good outcomes. She's a, she's a very good passer. Uh, we also have to think about the post game. Have to get more out of uh, Maria Gakdang. Um She is arguably one of the tallest players uh, in the league, and she's very mobile. Uh, I think we need to get the ball to her more, and maybe because it was her homecoming, so to speak, last night. She transferred from Boston College. She shot 7 for 10 last night, Uh, so there's no doubt that she can be a threat. Uh, But we have to distribute the ball, get more assists, and we have to figure out a way to get some more play out of the post. And I mean the post play as in getting layups.
0: Tar Heels with a, a pretty good roster this year, but they're in the middle of the pack in the, the ACC. And uh, mentioned it a couple of minutes ago. The ACC just put out the the matchup schedule for next season with SMU and Cal and Stanford, of course, a, a big team coming into the, the leagues. So the competition's only going to get tougher starting next year, right?
1: You are exactly right and when we think about Stanford and Tara Vanderveer, I've known her since I think middle school, um, just grew up in the same area and being camp, uh, campers and counselors, and she is one of the top coaches in the game, not just women's basketball. Uh, she's a Naismith Memorial Hall of Famer. She's a women's basketball Hall of Famer, five-time national coach of the year, and when she comes next year, People are going to pick her preseason number one or not or number two, and then when Cal comes in, they're a good they're a good team. They're not as strong as Stanford. Very few uh, teams in the country are, but that's not going to be easy as well. And so North Carolina now has another um, transfer in, so to speak, just like when Notre Dame came in, uh, where we're going to have to go to the next level to compete.
0: And I remember if we if you and I have ever talked about this, I've talked with others about it, and I'm, I know you've talked about it with, with Brighton probably in the past, but just the the transition that we're kind of all moving to in all of these conferences from the regional conferences to these big national things where you got Pacific Coast teams in the ACC. What does that mean for student athletes, like students who are still attending classes and taking tests and doing work while juggling their athletic schedules and now having to go on an increased number of long trips in the middle of the semester, too.
1: Well, I know they took that into consideration, and I know the ink isn't dry yet, but they're figuring out figuring out travel schedules so that uh, you're not going there every year. Uh, when you go, you're going to play two or three games, if possible, in that territory. And then we have to remember the changing world of uh, higher education where a lot of these younger players, they're used to being online, they're used to doing virtual work, they're used to not seeing a professor in person uh, as much as we, uh, we had to do, uh, not that we didn't want to do it. Uh, so it's just a different world, and we have to remember that when we think about these students today. And then we just think about the changing world of the academy anyway. And there's so many people out there saying that you don't need a college degree anymore. Uh, you know, the price is so high. Um, so there's a lot going on, but I think athletics will figure it out. Uh, I'm not a fan of having a Atlantic Coast conference on the West Coast, uh, but it is what it is. These are the cards we've been dealt because we know it's all about um, it's about economics and making money. And it's really about football. That's what's driving all of this.
0: I was talking with Brian McConnell earlier today. Obviously, the the A and ACC can't really stand for Atlantic anymore. But we were talking about the Pac-12, which now just has Washington State and Oregon State. In it. And then, and, and correct us if we're wrong, but Washington State and Oregon State are in Pullman and Corvallis, respectively. So the Pac and Pac-12 now stands for just Pullman and Corvallis, right? <laughs>
1: You guys are so so <laughs> clever. I'm taking
0: full credit for that, by the way. I had to confirm the cities with Brighton, but uh, that's that's my thing now.
1: No, that's good. Uh, someone else said instead of Atlantic Coast Conference, it's just all Coast Conference. There you go. Uh, but the names are definitely coming out. Um, I look forward to getting a chance to see Stanford uh, here in um, the Triangle. I think that's going to be wonderful since we are such a big basketball area. Uh, but it's going to come with some pain. They're going to put some W's on these triangle teams for sure. Uh, so we we look forward to that, uh, not to the losing, but we look forward to the competition and possibly beating them.
0: Speaking with uh, Dr. Debbie Stroman, Stroman on sports, of course, talking women's basketball and focusing on UNC. But the the big news out of college women's basketball in general uh, this week, possibly Caitlin Clark announcing what we pretty much already knew. She's going to she's she's going pro at uh, at the end of this season. But thoughts about Caitlin Clark.
1: Well, she's done everything and then some, uh, the bag of chips, right? She's not only led the uh, conference, uh, led women's basketball, and now we're talking about history maker with assists and scoring. Uh, she's number one, I think, or number two with NIL deals and, and packaging there. Um, I don't want to say that she's put Iowa on the map. It's always been a very, very good school, and uh, they play good football as well there and bas- and men's basketball and other sports, uh, but her attention um, is just going to be great for the WNBA. I think her brand will travel. She'll get bigger deals with the corporations that she's already working with. Uh, there's a good chance that she'll end up with Indiana, and she'll be playing against a former rival, uh, former South Carolina player, uh, Rookie of the Year, Aliyah Boston. So that's going to be interesting. I also want to make note of the history. Uh, she passed my friend Lynette Waters' AIAW uh, record, and I played in the AIAW for two years. Um, she, there's, a, there's no way, it'd have to be a miracle if she were to pass Pearl Moore's record, who played at Francis Marion, who coached Hatchell, Sylvia Hatchell actually coached. Uh, I don't think Caitlin Clark will get her record, but the next thing to pay attention to is breaking Pete, Pistol Pete Maravich's overall NCAA career scoring record. I'm pretty sure she'll get that one.
0: That's uh, it's just an incredible run for 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 Caitlin Clark, and uh, like looking ahead to her in the WNBA, do you think that she'll be like as success? Like, is she is she set up to be as successful at that level as she is in college?
1: Well, there's no doubt it's a much more physical game. It's a faster game. Uh, I don't think she'll be scoring like she is now. They'll lock her down. Uh, the coaches at that next level will be much more creative in terms of shutting her down. Uh, But if you have a solid center like Aaliyah Boston, just a few pick and rolls that she's going to get some great opportunities. And then certainly if they uh, on a team that moves the ball a lot uh, and everybody can score in the WNBA, I think she's going to have a nice, nice career. Uh, I'm also thinking about what she did not have to overcome and giving respect to the old heads, um, you know, Caitlin Clark and others, um, they, They had the benefit of having a three-point line. Mm. Uh, When I played, when AIAW played, we didn't have a three-point line. They have a bigger, uh, smaller ball and a lighter ball. We didn't have that. And then I remember playing uh, on a court, I think it was Virginia State, uh, where the court was actually in an auditorium and mm-hmm. having to be mindful of not going in for a layup real aggressively or I end up on the stage or hurt something. So, uh, they've got some advantage, these younger players, but I love what's happening. I love the pace of the game, and I love these great athletes at this next level.
0: Speaking with uh, Dr. Debbie Stroman, Stroman on Sports, uh, i got to start wrapping up. What else is on your mind, uh, women's basketball related or otherwise?
1: Well, it is Women's History Month. I'm thinking about all the wonderful women who are doing great things, not only for women's athletics, but also in, in men's sports. Uh, they're getting an opportunity to uh, coach. In fact, there was a woman who was the assistant coach for uh, the Eagles, first woman to coach in the Super Bowl. Uh, we've got uh, Sint Marshall, who is uh, the CEO of the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, we've got, um, I think it was Kyrie Irving's um, Dallas Mavericks player, star star player. His uh, stepmother actually wrote the first contract, uh, a woman's con- woman writing a contract in the NBA. So it's just a great uh, time, not just in March, but all year round to acknowledge women and what we've done uh, to move this country forward and to make a positive difference in sports.
0: And check out the archives for uh, Debbie Stroman's show, if you only knew, on our website, chapelboro.com. That's Stroman on sports for this week. Dr. Debbie Stroman, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Go heal.